So. Well, this is uh, season two and episode hey. one of the, the open open mic ministry podcast. And so where we talk to just different different uh, ministry people and leaders, people in all different kinds of situations. And so so uh, my guest today is Corey Dorn and uh, Corey is Corey is a church planner out on the on the West Coast. Uh, he's out in Portland. And so I appreciate him getting up early. I, uh, I'm on the East Coast. He's on the West Coast. And uh, so we're just going to we're just going to kind of roll into it here and uh, and have a little bit of a discussion. And we hope everybody enjoys it. So. Uh, so, Corey, why don't you give us a little bit of your uh, like your spiritual bio, your your uh, your history, uh, you know, yeah. what, what kind of what kind of background do you come out of and how did you become a Christian and, you know, just your, a little bit of your walk. Sure. Yeah. Um, so I'm from Prince Edward Island, Canada. That's where my, my family's all from. Um, and um, when I was born, uh, my story really starts like with uh, kind of the struggle of life for my parents. My mom and dad were um, kind of in a rough, rough place uh, when I was a kid. Um, a lot of a lot of partying um, and um, and had a, like a dramatic conversion uh, and uh, ended up at a like a Amway conference. Um, so I guess, I guess, I guess Amway did something good for somebody. Um, God, God works in very varied and mysterious ways. <laughs> but, uh, yeah, they were at an Amway conference and Amway, these conferences always have these Sunday morning services. And, um, my parents on, uh, and like in the same, same moment, um, gave their lives, uh, to Jesus and, and God like miraculously turned their life around. I mean, they were they were drinking a lot, partying a lot. And, and I don't mean like casually drinking a lot, like drinking, like encumbering your life greatly drinking a lot, you know? Um, and, uh, and as a seven-year-old, I, I just remember like our whole world changing. I remember, you know, my, my, like all the alcohol came out of our house and um, the parties kind of stopped happening. And, um, and we just kind of started going to church together and learning about uh, Jesus together as a family. Um, and, uh, and so I joke with my parents now that like growing up as a kid in our home, we'd be going to these churches and some years we'd celebrate Halloween and some years we wouldn't based on what some church person told us <laughs> was allowed or not allowed, you know? So, um, but that was kind of like the ebb and flow. Like we didn't know anything about, uh, how to read the Bible or what it meant to be a part of a church or any of that. Um, so that kind of started our journey and, um, we, it, it really kind of popped us around a bunch of places. So like, we ended up at this, we ended up moving to Ontario and uh, ended up at this little like rural Baptist church, uh, not too far from the house we lived in. And, uh, and we, again, we knew nothing about denominations or like styles of, you know, churches or anything like that. Um, and it was a little Baptist church and really got in, like enfolded into the community. And um, a few years later, we moved to Mississauga, Ontario and uh we needed to find a new church and ended up at a pentecostal church and because uh, why not you know so went from like baptist uh to pentecostal um but uh but that was really like important for me personally it was in that pentecostal church where um i think where jesus really became real or like tangible for me it wasn't just like uh you know through my parents or seeing their story but it was in the pentecostal church where i began participating in a youth group 
uh, it was in the Pentecostal church where, um, where eventually, you know, I made it, I made a decision to, uh, be a Christian myself and for myself, um, and, uh, and follow, follow Jesus for my life. And, um, yeah. And then in the, I guess it was later on in middle school, we moved back East and, uh, moved to Moncton, New Brunswick and to make a, uh, a short story, a little bit longer, uh, <laughs> my, we, uh, we had moved in the summer. We had nowhere to live. And so we camped all summer at a campground. Um, but like rewind back to that Amway conference, the, the guest, the guest speaker at that church service that morning was someone by the name of LD Buckingham. Uh, and just so happens that LD Buckingham was the lead pastor of Moncton Wesleyan. Uh, so we looked up their church and they had like this summer program for students. And so I went every day and um, yeah, and we just kind of got enfolded into that church. And so been a part of the, I guess the Wesleyan tradition um, since about then. Um, and uh, yeah, I went through and went to, to what was formerly known as Bethany Bible College. And, <laughs> um, yeah. And then life, life goes on from there, but yeah. So, so for, I think for me, like the kind of crux of the story is this kind of learning about faith, not necessarily generationally or being born into um, a, like a, a Christian home or being born into a church but really just kind of this, this process of discovery uh, with, you know, with my parents and as a part of our family. Yeah. And, uh, and probably from that, like you, you weren't a typical, when I first met you, you were, I think I might've met you in high school, but I really like started to notice you when you came to college uh, and you, you had a, you weren't the stereotypical, like I grew up in the church and I don't have a heart for outreach. You, you seem to have this like heart for reaching out outside of the church kind of built right in. Yeah. Uh, and, of, and of course I, I, uh, I was like, well, I'm going to take full advantage of this and, uh, and <laughs> use this guy. Right. So, <laughs> so do you think that came from just your, you know, the story of your, yeah. Brain? Yeah. You know, like I, I never really, you know, to be honest, like I, I never really understood church culture like that that piece I mean I like even even when I was in high school like my closest friends were my friends at school and none of them were 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 church people um but I also never understood like the youth group culture of like all the kind of Christians like there was a group of Christians that hung out together at my high school I didn't hang out with them um you know I didn't really understand like this this kind of grouping up together and isolating ourselves from everybody else um, and I think that just m- was really just about like comfort. Like it wasn't any kind of like theological reasoning or anything like that. I just, I, you know, I, I grew up, my family's very large. My dad's got, my dad is one of 12. Uh, and so um, I had like 35 first cousins or something like that. And we just all kind of grew up together, um, not in like the church. So, um, you know, and I grew up playing hockey and I just, I, I, yeah, I just, I always felt a little more comfortable, you know, out in the world. Um, and when I became a Christian, I never, I, I guess I'd never saw that as like uh, something to, to hide. Like I was just so excited about it. Like, it just be like, I can, I can live this out among my friends. I mean, it, it you know, and it, and I, and I had such real experiences at young ages, right? Like I, I was old enough to watch my parents' lives change. And so I just, I just believed in the, in the power of Jesus to, to, to change people's lives to reorder people's lives in a way that is good. And, uh, and I, and I long for that for my friends. So, 
Um, so outreach for me, you know, like the kind of internal dialogue outreach for me was never about like, I need to go get these people and get them to come to church. It was like, you know, it was always this sense of like, I think, like, I think Jesus is actually out there. Like, I, you know, like, <laughs> I, like this is, that's where I keep seeing him, you know? Um, and, and I, and I just never understood like, why, like, why, 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 why aren't all Christians out there? Like, why, like, why is like, why are we all in here? Like that out there is where, where Jesus is. And I could just, that's where I, he seemed most real to me, I guess. Yeah. And I think, I think at one point in your career here at Kingswood, you were, I think at one point you were playing on like three different hockey teams in the beer league or, you know, you were yeah. Oh, yeah. a few nights yeah. a week there where you were rubbing yeah. shoulders with uh, yeah. some, some rough guys from town and stuff. And yeah. Uh, yeah. And, and uh, yeah. And just, that was just always, kind of a part of who you were. So that, that's, uh, which is probably was a good preparation for what you're doing now. Right. So yeah. Big time. Big yeah. time. Yeah. Yeah. If yeah you back could, then uh, it was like, oh, go ahead. Go ahead. All I was like, back then it was like, Hey, um, how come you're late for D group every week? I don't know if it's still, it's still D groups that, you know, it was like our midweek. Right, group, right. I, call it. I was like, well, I'm at the rink. You know, like, what do you mean you're at the rink? I, I play hockey in the beer league. You know, that you play hockey in the beer league. It was it was just like this odd, you know, this odd piece. And I, you know, I was like, well, why would I? Why would I stop being out there to go to this, you know, deep? Right, you know? Right, like right. Again, like I'm having all these Jesus conversations in the locker room, you know, and so. Yeah, yeah. So uh, if you, yeah. So what? Um, like, if what did you take away from your your uh, kind of college career like what if there was one big you know you're kind of looking back now and that's that's a ways that's a ways yeah. away uh and yeah uh you know what it what came out of those years for you do you think i mean a lot um i think you know uh, i think this idea and I, I don't know i wouldn't have had this language back then but but this idea of like being optimistic about grace you know like I, i'm just i i I'm really optimistic that that God is like is at work in people's lives already, and like part of, and if we're if we're out talking with people and sharing in life with people and and asking questions, you, you just realize that um, that that the Spirit is working in people, and uh, and they don't always have language for it or know how to express it. But when you sit with them and talk with them and hear their stories and share your story, uh, um, God just moves. Um, in these moments, in these times, I mean, um, you know, and honestly, Mike, like that was so much, I think you, I, I think, you know, working with you solidified a lot of that for me as we'd like, we'd go into some, the, the places in, you know, around New Brunswick that, that pe- nobody else wanted to go, you know, and um, you don't and, even know uh, they're there. You have to like search for them, right? They're, yeah. They're sight, yeah. Right? <laughs> and, and then, but then, and, and, and I think like in the church, like some of those places, sometimes the idea of them or the way those kinds of places get talked about is that those places are, are godless. And I, and I, and I just, you know, I just, again, again, found it was the opposite, but right. that when you, you go like, you Oh enter- Jesus, I wasn't expecting to meet you here. Right. <laughs> exactly. Right. <laughs> you know, and it's not like, it's actually like ministry is like not this thing I do to you. Like, it's not this thing. Like I hold the keys of the ministry and then I come to you and I, and I, I do this dance and I do this thing to you. And then I am such a gift to you. Ministry is this thing that we like go into the world and we participate in. It's like ministry is it's happening. And we just, we just happen to have eyes to be able to like see it or be awakened to it, to identify it and, and to be in these moments to go, you know what? Like, I think God might be doing something here. 
I think I think ministry is happening here, um, and 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 we choose to, to. Well, am I gonna I'm gonna enter in? Am I gonna participate in this, or or am I not? You know, and um, and and I and I find that that when when I do, uh, like God God is just so 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 cool about that, just to be able to participate in these divine moments with people in their lives, um, just by showing up. Yeah. Just, yeah. Yeah. So it's, it's kind of like the, the withness before the witness, you know, like there has to be, yes. you have to be yes. with people, uh, which yes. I think, which I think the church struggles with sometimes she says you have like just being there, uh, and being, yes. pa- and being patient. <laughs> yes. Yeah. Yeah. And I, and I think like, you know, I think church, you know, and this, I mean, this is someone that's carried me in Portland and stuff. I think about a lot is, is church just becomes so complicated. Um, and, and it, it, it begins to just take up so much of our life that we like literally don't have the time to be with anybody, but church people. Right. Like, right. Cause we, cause we have all the things to do. I mean, and, and a regular person like is working nowadays, like so many people are working 60 hours a week, you know, 50, 60 hours a week. And then they've got, you know, a small group. And then, you know, if you're in a larger church, you know, you're going to attend a service on Sunday and serve a service on Sunday, you know, and then if you've got a couple kids, you know, like you've got their activities you're running around to. And, and if you got family in town, you got these birthday parties to go to and all, you know, and, and, and pretty soon you're like, I, I just don't have time to know my neighbors. I don't have, I don't have time to stop when someone on the street looks to be in need. I don't have time, you know, you just, it's just a, a it's a practical problem. Um, and that, you know, that I, that I think like, you know, as Christians, we, we've really, we got to look at deeply. Um, is, yeah, and we, you've, uh, to I mean, you, you've experienced, uh, I mean, you've worked in a big church. You, you did the, uh, for, for those of you who might not know, uh, Corey was in a band called Atlantic that was kind of, uh, mm-hmm. and so he's done the, uh, kind of the Christian rock star thing, uh, for a while where, uh, I, I say that in good humor, not, in, yes, yes, yeah. <laughs> but, but there are, there are elements of, you know, being in a Christian band that, uh, yeah. You know, there there are some celebrity elements to it on a, on a much smaller scale than yes. than normal for sure. So yes. Yes. so you've you've yes. seen the you've seen the big machine and you know how yeah. things operate and yes yeah 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 and, and I just think it it just kind of it's an accident like it just it kind of happens to us you know and it just and, it, and I just think sometimes we got to just got push back from the table and look at everything and gonna go hey like does this does this vision for discipleship that we have for people. Uh, does this make sense in the world, you know, uh, or does this just make sense in our world? And, right, and if right. it only makes sense in our world, then I think we've got to work it a little bit and keep, we haven't got it yet. You know, let's keep, let's keep working on it. Right. It's extractional, so, right? If we're pulling people out of the world and, and extracting people from their neighborhoods and extracting people uh, from the, their social circles and their, the, the lives they live um, rather than like inserting people and, 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 and discipling people so they can be with others. Um, we've, we've, we've got to find ways to work on that. And that's, a, that's, that's not like a model that's so cultural, culture specific that we've got to right. continue to, to figure out in our context. Yeah. And so um, just kind of, kind of filling in the blanks to uh, kind of where you are now, so we can talk about that. But when you, sure. when you graduated um, you, you did, you did music for a while and then uh and then were you at, was it South Dakota? You were at yeah, South in Ra- Rapid City, South Dakota. Yeah. 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 And how long were you there? 
uh, just just shy of three years. Okay. Yeah. So I was on staff, uh, pastor of creative arts um, at a at a, a church. It just went, while I was there, church exploded. Like went from like fifteen hundred people to like over three thousand on a weekend, um, and uh, you know upwards of like our big Easter events. You know, last year I was there. I think we had almost six thousand people. Um, in a town that's like 60 to 70,000. So like 10% of the population right, is coming right, out, you know, right. it just like, it was, un- it was like out of control. <laughs> it right, like, it right. just grew so fast. Yeah. <laughs> so what, what, you know, your, your time on the road and then your time, like in a bigger church like that, like what, what were the things you learned from, from uh, those experiences that, that you're kind of like, okay, this still, this stuck with me and it's kind of valid and, and I'm bringing it into where I'm at, I'm at now. Yeah, I, I think it like expanded my view of um, of just how God works in in different places and different people in different ways. You know, I, I think, um, I, I, you know, my my natural ink, like pull can I can be a little bit of like a purist. Like I, I want I want to make I want everything to be just like just right and distilled down to its most pure form. And um, and, uh, and and I think it's really easy for me to just to to naturally um, kind of build like a new religion, you know, like a, but a religion that's like, that that's mine, you know, like, you know, right. like, like, you know, I'm, I'm, I'm never, you're, sure you're a little things, entrepreneurial, you know? right? Yeah, like yeah, exactly. Exactly. Um, but, it, you know, I just think, you know, every, everywhere we went um, in the band and in South Dakota was like such a different culture for me um, a different place. It was like, like nowhere else I've ever lived, you know, um, and then to experience this like really unique moment um, in time for the church that we were at and um, and just to see how how like like God can can do things sometimes like based on like our plans and the things we're doing. And then other times it's just like you're just like hanging on for the ride. And and those and those are seasons that like every season is not a revival season in every you know that 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 sometimes God is moving in big ways and you are. Um, you're just trying to keep up and you're trying to be faithful. And then other times are seasons when you're, 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 you're waiting and you're praying and you're, you're being with people and you're, you're, you're getting back to like the, the basics of, of, of who you are as a, as a church or as a people or as a person um, and, uh, and continue to, to, to grow and be, be, be faithful where, where you stand. Yeah, I think our strategy, our strategy depends on our season. And some, sometimes yes. we, yes. we get messed up as we do, we don't, we can't read the season that we're in and what God is up to. And so we just keep employing the same strategies or borrowing strategies from others. And it really, it really does. Uh, it really does depend on where you're at and what you sense God is, God is doing. Yeah. And so, yeah. and I'm, I'm uh, you know, we all have certain biases and, you know, we, we like to do things a certain way, depending on how we're wired. But uh, I do not, uh, like I, I've seen God work in, in, you know, really big, wealthy churches. I've seen him work in little poor places that don't have a path. I've seen him work in. So I, I don't discount. Uh, I don't discount. I don't think we have to judge everything. Yeah. So like God only works in this way. That's right. Yeah. Because I think he works in a variety of ways, in a variety yeah. of seasons with a variety of people. And, you know, and it's all, it's all, we don't have to throw rocks at what anybody else is doing. We can. Yes. Just like God, what do you want me to do? And uh, right. be okay with that. Yes, yes, yeah. Like, like I, I, you know, being in a fast-growing church and and being a part of that experience 
was incredible. Um, but, but now I'm in Portland where like no churches are growing fast. Actually, no churches are really growing. <laughs> so, like, <laughs> <Right>. <laughs> so, you know, and, and yeah, you but, would be in one uh, of the top, like it, when, when they do those surveys and they say, what's the like least church or least religion, you know, the toughest place yeah. to, you know, like your Portland is always like in the top five, I think. So, <laughs> yeah, I think there's just like, a lot, you know, you're like, you're going to the map and, you know, the, the church plenty map and it just says don't, you know, like, right, I, right. like I would, I wouldn't go there. It's a suicide mission, right? So. Yeah. yeah, yeah, but 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 I think that's like, but sometimes, and I again, like, I think this is the mindset that even segue into like what we're doing here in Portland is that is that when I when I talk to people like outside of our city, people often like talk about our city like it's godless, like like to make full circle, right? Right, right. And and what I'm finding is that like I, I see God here all the time, and God's doing incredible things. It just looks a lot different. It doesn't. It doesn't show up necessarily in like church growth, uh, but the amount of people doing really good work here um, and being really faithful to the land we stand on and the the, the, the neighbors we have um, are, you know, are, are are great. Like I, I've I've learned so much about God just just being here. Um, and so I think, again, like throwing those rocks or those narratives about, about like, you know, places being, you know, godless, I, you know, I, I just, God is at work everywhere. Um, and, 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 and the fruit that we like to look at doesn't dictate whether God is at work more or less in a certain place. Um, I, I think that that really can't be known. Um, that's not something that we can judge. Um, and, you know, but when you're in a place, uh, you just, you, you do the work and, and you, you discern. And you learn and you see um, where, where, where God is, is doing really great things. So how did you sense, like, the, like how did you end up there? How did you sense a call? Uh, like, out of what most people would, be, would consider a pretty, you know, yeah. sweet deal where you're, uh, you're, you're in something that's big and moving. And, uh, and, and so a lot of people will go, I'm, I really like it here. I don't, think, uh, <laughs> I don't think Portland is the place for me. How did that yeah. happen? Yeah. I think, I think because of my background, I've, I've, I've been very interested, like, what is, what does church look like, you know, among the unchurched? Um, and, and so, I, you know, in Portland was always on my short list. As you mentioned, like, I've kind of got this entrepreneurial spirit um, and I'm a little hardheaded, you know? And so, I, you know, I thought, you know, I, I, I've kind of been following, you know, in the U.S., like Portland's always on every short list of like unchurched cities. Um, I, I, I always kind of wanted to live in an urban area. Um, and so, you know, Portland was, was always kind of on the radar and, um, and I'd have lots of conversations with our lead pastor in Rapid City, um, just about like my, my heart for people who, um, aren't, aren't in the church, uh, and, uh, my desire to kind of discern what God might be doing among them. So, we, so anyway, so I was having all these conversations and one day um, uh, I get this call from uh, a guy named uh, Isaac Smith. Isaac is a cowboy in his 70s. He was uh, like the district superintendent uh, in the Dakotas, uh, Dakota districts. And our district had just merged. And so uh, we'd added these states to our district to be this like mega district uh, in the Wesleyan church. And he calls me and, and I didn't pick up. He leaves me a voicemail and he says, hey, Corey. Uh, I'm in Portland, uh, 
everyone looks like you here. We should talk. <laughs> <laughs> and, um, and so we did. We, um, he, he came to Rapid City and my wife and I got lunch with him. And he said, he said, I, uh, I think you're supposed to church plant uh, in Portland. And, um, and at that point, like we had just bought in a house in Rapid City, South Dakota. Uh, I thought we would be there at least another, you know, two to three years. Um, but, uh, but I really, I really trust, you know, Isaac. And I said, well, um, if you think so, we'll, we'll consider it, you know? And he said, well, tell you what, why don't you get on an airplane, go there and, uh, and send me the bill. And so I was like, sure. Portland sounds great. Uh, so my wife and I did that. We got an airplane and um, we walked neighborhoods um, and we talked to locals. And I, I'm not like a big, um, I'm not a big like, uh, like throw out the fleece. You know, I'm not a big like, God, I need you to, to give me a burning bush, you know, to act. Um, but uh, with this, I was like, God, I, I'm going to need, I'm going to need you to be really, really clear on this one. Uh, and, um, and I said, actually, God, I was in my, as I was praying, I was like, God, I, I'm going, I'm going to need you to speak to me through the locals. And, and, uh, that was my, that was my prayer. And, and, and I had, um, on that trip, I had three significant conversations with local people, um, about faith. Um, I, I I've now been in Portland for five years. And I don't think I've had three significant conversations in the same day with strangers about Jesus since. Um, right. <laughs> but, but that day it was just like overwhelming. Um, and, uh, the, the last one was we were, uh, my wife and I were having dinner at this bar. We we're sitting up at the bar and eating our burgers. And, um, and there was this couple sitting next to us and my, my wife, her name is Corey as well. So if I say Corey, I'm not referring to myself in the third right, person. Right usually um and uh she's you know she's really outgoing and she's like hey should i should i talk to them and i was like yeah let's you know let's talk to them we get talking to them and he's like a philosophy phd you know uh and uh and she um she works at a weed dispensary you know so this is this is portland <laughs> and uh it's portland five years ago right like so and um we get talking we just had a really good time uh, and we, we share our life, you know, like I'm a pastor in South Dakota, we're here visiting the city and we really like the city and, and, and we get to the end of the night and they're about to go and, and she leans across the table at me and looks me directly in the eye. And she goes, I mean, she was a few drinks in, but she's like, do, do you know what I think? I said, uh, I think you're going to tell me, <laughs> I was like, what do you, what do you think? Said, I think you should move here and start a church. And I was like, it was just like, it was like just flooring, right? Um, she had no, like no faith background, no church background, doesn't even really know what those words mean. I don't even know why she said them. Um, and she walked out and I looked at, at, at Corey and I was like, did God just speak to us through like the weed lady? You know, is that, like, <laughs> is that, is that really like just happened? And, and she, and then she comes back in with her phone number written on a piece of paper and hands it to us. Said, if you, if you ever do that, give me a call. And, um, we, uh, you know, shame to say we, we lost that piece of paper, but, um, but, but, but there was this moment that we, we flew back and we were in church, um, that next Sunday and, uh, just standing in the, in the crowd and someone else was, was doing music that weekend. And, uh, I, I reached, I looked over at my wife and she was just crying and, uh, and she just looked at me and said, we have to go. And I just said, I, I know. And it, it was, we just knew. Um, and so, uh, so we did, so we, we came to Portland, 
um, thanks to uh, a weed, uh, the Holy Spirit speaking through a weed lady, Jesus, the, <laughs> Jesus, the weed lady. <laughs> and so when, what, what did it look like when you first, like, what did you do when you first arrived? Like, how did you go about, Yeah, you know, it's kind of, okay, I'm going to plant a church, but like, what, what were the actual steps to doing that in Portland? Yeah, we, so we came out two more times that year uh, to, to begin to try and learn about the city and think about what, you know, what church might look like here. And, um, and uh, you know, and, and at, at that time, I'd say this is still probably the predominant model, but at that time it was, it was the extremely prominent model. This idea of you start a church with a launch. And so you try to get like 75 people. And, and we use these hard numbers in church planning, you get 75 people to a launch service. Um, and if you can get more, that's great. About like a third of them will be gone in about a month. Um, and then that's your church, right? And you just have this moment, trying to have this momentum out of the gate. Um, launch model church planning in Portland had been tried so many times by so many people over the years. Um, and it just, just didn't work here uh, and hadn't worked here. And I'm not saying that it, it can't work here. I, I, it just, um, I just heard story after story after the story and actually read some data um, that uh, it, I read some, there was this study done in this, this one kind of area of Portland down in Southeast. And it was like nine out of 10 church planners were, were done within three years in the city. And, uh, and so I so, said, well, we got to think about maybe another way. And um, so we moved um, into a neighborhood and, um, and the first thing we did as a church was uh, we bought a house uh, as a community. And we began just um, sharing in, in life together. And, and kind of one of the early mantras is we want to be neighbors before we're a church. And so we just tried to insert ourselves into the fabric of a neighborhood and gathering people um, just in our, in our, in our homes um, and just really kind of progressing with a very simple model um, of church um, that is very neighborhood centric Um and, uh, and, and, and just live, live life from there and try to, to teach people, um, teach Christians to do the things that we're, we've just been talking about. What does it mean to be a part of the fabric of this neighborhood as a, as a discerner and as a listener, learning to be with neighbors and discerning what God might be doing um, in any given moment or what, you know, or what larger kind of things God might be up to that we can we can participate in. And so kind of taking this posture of we're not going to Portland to bring Jesus to Portland. Um, yeah, but, but we're going to Portland to participate in what, what Jesus is already doing there. Um, and so it's just, it, it's, it's, it's meant a, a slow burn. Um, and, um, but, uh, but it's been cool. It's, it's, it's been a, a really um, forming experience. It's been a really, you know, uh, really challenging um, to, to, to go slow for me. Um, uh, I'm, I'm like a pretty high paced person. Uh, nothing, nothing I've really ever done has moved slow. Um, <laughs> but, uh, but, but, but also realizing that I'm not from Portland. I'm not from this place. And, uh, and it, and it takes time to, to become a local and to, to, to develop eyes to see and to learn, um, you know, be able to see through, uh, you know, the cultural shells that exist um, and to, to discern what, what God might be doing. Yeah. And so what, what is, what does the picture look like now? Like five years later, is it, is it 
still pretty much kind of the same picture or has it yeah has it morphed at all into something unexpected you know um it, it, it if we had this conversation two years ago uh what i would have i would have told you a story about we we started in one neighborhood and we we kind of grew a kind of a, a home neighborhood church community we multiplied that community into a second one and so leading coming into the pandemic we had two um, neighborhood communities that were functioning um, with like we would operate on like a shared kind of central rhythm but but the the playing out of this would happen um, in these kind of separate kind of almost like cell churches like some of the stuff maybe we've seen in the church overseas um, and uh, and we were moving towards uh, starting a third one and then uh, the pandemic hit and our whole church model has been built around gathering around tables and sharing meals and packing ourselves in the to living rooms and kitchens and guess what um, you can't do right <laughs> guess what you can't do during a pandemic and uh and the pandemic you know um you know americans would remember like it it kind of hit us first right like we had right. we had an outbreak uh just outside seattle and um and portland shut down early really early um and and because of um, you know, our, we've got, you know, in Oregon, we've got like the lowest, uh, we've got a really low hospital bed per capita count. And so we've also stayed shut down. So we, we, we got like, um, like, like, like four weeks or five weeks without masks a couple months ago. Uh, and then it's all shut back down again. And that was, and, it. Uh, wow. and that was it. So we've, we've been in pandemic life for a really long time. Um, in the midst of all that too, like, you know, for some folks, if you, if you follow, but we had, really incredible, like terrible fires out in the West coast. And so, um, there was a season when, um, when the air quality in Portland was the worst air quality in any city, uh, in the world. Um, and so we were also told like, we can't even go outside and you couldn't like, it was, it was really, you couldn't breathe. Um, and then our city has been going through a very, you know, unique reckoning with our racist history. So, um, when, when George Floyd was murdered, um, you know, and, and there was everything kind of this outbreak across the U S um, in, in Oregon, we are, we're a very white state. Um, but there's a reason for that. You know, our, our history in this state, when the civil rights movement was happening in the U S Oregon was propped up as this white utopia. Um, and what historians will write about Oregon is like, what was so, while a lot of states were pretending, you know, to, to open up, uh, rights, um, in Oregon, they weren't even pretending. They're just saying, if you don't like the laws that are changing in your state, move here. Um, and so we have a, this long, like very unique history in Oregon um, around racism. And so, um, so I think from the outside, you know, people looked at the protests in, in Portland and were like, well, it's a white city. What are they protesting about? When really it was like our city was like working out, um, I think just this long history um, of, of, of white supremacy. Like if we're a KKK capital, like, you know, like there's just, there's like so much that has happened here. And so the last two years have been heavy. And in the midst of all that, you know, we were, um, in our community, a third of our community just moved away, just left the city. Um, and so we can't gather in homes. And then over the course of years, a third of our community leaves. Um, and then we're just like re-discerning, like what is, again, like what is, what does church look like? Right. So, um, the, you know, the, the plus side is that our community is very local. And so the overwhelming, like, you know, 95% of our community live within a 20 minute walk of one another. 
And so we've been able to find ways to stay in relationship and find ways to encourage each other in different seasons. Um, um, but at the, at the same time, it's not a season when you can like be adding to your numbers daily, you know? So everybody is dealing with that in some way on some level. Yeah. Right. So, yeah. and it's, I'm, yeah. I'm, uh, I'm like you, I'm, I'm a little entrepreneurial. I, I tend to move fast and, uh, yeah. I, and, and I like, uh, I like growth. And so, uh, you know, but I, I'm in a season where, you know, we've been, we've been graduating out twice as many people as we're bringing in. And so, yeah. uh, I'm running about like at a 50% of the number of students I would have had right. uh, pre pre pandemic. And, but I have to, I've had to uh, kind of like take all of my goals and scale them yeah. down to the season that we're in and, yeah. and, uh, yeah. and then try to stay hopeful for the future. Right. So, yeah. And, and it, yeah. And I don't know what it's you know been like in New Brunswick, but just like looking at our community, I mean, we're coming up on, you know, we're coming up on nearly two years of people being isolated. I know. And so the, the ramifications on people's mental health has been huge. So while a third of our community moved away, I'd say another third of our community has experienced elements of depression and anxiety. And, you know, and, and so you don't just like, you don't just like come out of a two year isolation and then just like go back to as if it never happened. Right. right? You don't, you don't just come out of like, a racial kind of reckoning in a city and then go back to like, it never happened. You don't come out like people's like uh, engagement spots burned down during this pandemic, right? People's favorite hike. I, like Portland is a city where people's like sanctuaries are like out in the woods, you know, like you, like every weekend there's like this mass exodus of people out of the city to go out. And that's why you lived here, right? You're, you're an hour from the oceans. You're an hour from the mountains. And for so many people, these like sacred spaces for them are just gone. And so now we're in this, you know, our city is grieving and our city is, you know, depressed and in this whole, like this, again, like this, as, as church people, this brings us back to a place of discernment. So like, what does it mean to be the people of God in this place at this time? Um, and you can't detach those things. Like, and, and it, it, there's not, you know, you can't just say, okay, we've got the model figured out. Let's force it upon this culture. It's like that, that historically has meant really bad things you know? So, right you know you know and, and not 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 helpful or healing uh for people and so so mike i don't know like we're we're figuring it out you know there's a there's a remnant here that um from that group that is is still here um there's been a group uh of just really faithful people that have um continued to love and serve people through this um these two years um there's been those that uh, have needed to slow down to walk through their own mental health and their own healing. And, and we, as a community have done our best to walk with those people, um, and, and to continue to, to move with them. And so, um, we'll see. And there has been, you know, in, in weird ways, there's been new people that have just found their way, like somehow have just kind of entered the orbit, you know, um, during this time. But our, I'd say our community is more decentralized than it's ever been. And, uh, and, and there's good things happening all over the place. It's just not all this from this institutional center of like, we are a church and here's the good thing we're going to do together. It's like, Oh, you're like, you're doing that for your neighbor. That's unreal. How, like, how can we help, you know, or, Oh, you like, you're like, we had 
um, early on in the pandemic, someone's neighbor um, was going to lose their house and they needed like to come up with uh, like $12,000 in 24 hours. Um, and we came up with nine of it um, with between like six of us and our friends, you know, we just went bonkers. Um, and it, and it, and it all came together and we were able to help a neighbor keep her house. Um, you know, so there's just been these like little stories throughout the pandemic of like, wow, like, um, this is what, you know, this is what people can do when they, when they kind of bind together in in these kinds of seasons. Yeah. And I think people need to hear, I mean, you know, the news is, all around us 24 seven, uh, like the yeah. bad news. And so people yeah. do need to hear those stories of, even yeah. even though hey, they may be very individual and very small, uh, they need to hear stories of hope and stories yeah. of change. And just the idea that, uh, you know, I was, I was crazy enough to even like do a missions trip this summer, you know, and yeah. uh, jump through all the, all the hoops to make that happen. And, uh, and it's kind of like, hey, God is still out here. God's still working, right? Yeah. Like he's, yeah. He's, uh, he's, he's doing things. He's still at work around the world. And, uh, yeah. and so I've been, um, you know, as, as I came back, I was like, you know, <laughs> it's like the Great Commission's not on pause and God is still, <laughs> the Holy Spirit's still working, like everything. Yeah. It's, it looks yeah. a little different, but, uh, you know, yeah. but, but it's happening. So, yes, yeah. yes. Yeah. So yeah, what, yeah. what, uh, what are your, just to kind of wrap up and land the plane here, what, uh, and this is, this is such a tough question for anybody to answer right now. I know, but, uh, yeah. what are you sensing? What are you sensing for the future? Like what, how, how do you sense like, how are things going to look as, as we come out the other end of this? Yeah. Uh, how, how is church, how's church going to be different? Yeah. I mean, I, I think, you know, I, th- I think Portland in many ways is the, um, is the future of America. Like we are, as far as the way people kind of, um, approach faith, uh, we tend to be on the West coast, uh, dispositionally, um, you know, things tend to move from the West coast across and, um, in, in, in that. And so like, I, I would say people are, um, here are just, um, increasingly, I guess, like agnostic towards faith. I, I don't find people here to be anti-Jesus or anti-Christian, definitely like anti-institution, which is, you know, something we've got to navigate. Um, but I, I think the days of like, uh, of just like throwing up a really awesome church service with great music and a great person teaching, um, I think those days are numbered and depending uh, how close your region is to Christendom it probably it, it, it depicts like how much road you have left. So there's definitely like parts of the U S and, 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 and Canada where like, you know, there might be 50, 60 years left of just like, if I do a good, not good enough job at church, people will come. If I build it, they'll come. Um, but I, but I don't think that's the future. Um, and so I think like, you know, as we think about different, different church forms, I, I think we've got to return to, um, really considering Jesus' teachings about the kingdom of God um, and, and discerning what does it mean to participate in the kingdom. Um, and Jesus, when he talks about the kingdom and, and, and Jesus' people, he likes to you know, kind of use these like farming and ecosystem language. And, and I think the future of the church is, is, is probably more like an ecosystem where there's all these like interconnected parts um, I think we're going to see 
uh, leadership to be uh, like decentralized, um, polycentric leadership uh, in the sense of like, not necessarily like three people at the top of a new form of hierarchy, but I think we're going to see the church need to lean into maybe like multiple centers of leadership. I think in the future are like apostolics or entrepreneurs uh, and our prophets uh, are going to need to lead the way to imagine and navigate like a new way forward for the church that is just and right. Um, and and uh, a place where our, our, you know, if you're thinking about like Ephesians and the fivefold, like where our, our, our teachers and our shepherds can, can come behind um, and, and, you know, and, and care for people. But, um, but I think, I think a new season for the churches is, is ahead and it's going to require a lot of faithful work. Um, and, I, and I think what I, what I've really been, been working through um, is, and I think those of us that would consider ourselves leaders in the church, um, I think we have to do a lot of really good thinking about our, like our own minimal ecclesiology, right? Like what, like what's the minimum and, and what, like, um, uh, like what idols about the church do I need to let go of? Because if I'm, I'm leading this thing and the, the, the you know, I'm a leader or, a, or, or a person who's starting new things. And if I'm bringing my own idols into this, um, uh, then it's going to be really hard for people to attach to. So I think the church is going to have to get lean um, and, uh, and, and, and figure out kind of our, our basic, our basic structure, um, and, and work out from there, which, um, which I think is great news for people who uh, are rooted in the tradition of John Wesley, uh, you know, as, as, you know, this kind of Methodist, I think the future of the church is, is methodical, um, and, and basic, um, and, uh, so that we have the eyes, so we have the space in our lives to, to be hospitable, to be in, in the community uh, and among people, um, but also so we, we have the eyes to maybe say, you know, what, what is God doing in this region? Because um, if, if our churches are all caught up in doing the things we have to get done and the things we keep doing, then we don't, I don't think we're going to have the space to reimagine a church in, in place. So at its core, I, like, I, you know, I think church exists um, in kind of these, this, Venn diagram of three conjoining circles, a church, church is people, uh, church exists in, around practices. So people who have a shared practice in a place, um, that's like, that's, that's the core of it. And so who are those people? What is this place? And what are our shared practices? Um, and, um, and so, yeah, so I, I, I think, um, I mean, I could go on and on and on. Like, I think, I think <laughs> you've obviously thought of, a lot about this, right? I mean, I yeah, think about yeah. this a ton. I mean, this yeah. is like this is the space I'm into. Is that like I don't I don't know that. Um, I think like the future of the church in places where there's no history of Christendom. I think people have to see God working in a group of people um, and be integrated into that group and and just find themselves kind of caught up into the flow of it. Like, I think the future of evangelism. Um, is is more corporate than personal. Um, I, I think uh, I think the the kind of personal evangelism works when there's a, a general background of Christendom, where people have a general idea of God. Um, but when people have no general idea of God, uh, evangelism is a, is a longer process, and we've got to create communities that are in the community that have a, a rhythm of life that people can be swept up into. Um, and, and begin to participate in, and, and I think people will just like find themselves, um, as Christian, you know, like, 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 Hey, like I've been, I've been doing this stuff with these people. It's like, 
I think I'm a Christian. Like, you know, I think, I think God's doing something in my life. And, and, and then the people of God were like, yeah, we, we see that you're right. That's exactly what's happening. What should I do? Well, may, maybe you should get baptized. You know, like, So like, you know, I think like we're going to start seeing uh, kind of this, this, this revival of, of, uh, of, of corporate life. Uh, but I think it's going to happen in, in these basic ecclesial cells. Um, anyway, that's my prediction. That's my, that's, <laughs> That's futurist. Uh, well, that over there, that's it. the future seems like a good spot to end, right? Because yeah, after yeah. that, it's just eternity. So, yeah, <laughs> we'll, let, we'll let God take care of that. Uh, <laughs> well, thanks, uh, thanks for taking the time, Corey, today. And, yeah, you bet. Uh, it's been it's been great to see you again. Great to chat. And, so good. Uh, and I'll uh, I'm going to hit pause here on our recording.